0: Good evening, and welcome to the program. Tonight, for your quintessential listening poetry pleasure, acclaimed poet Allison Palmer is here. Allison is the author of the poetry chapbook, Everything is Normal Here, Broadstone Books 2022, the forthcoming full-length poetry collection, Bargaining with the Fall, also Broadstone Books, January 2023, and the poetry chapbook, The Need for Hiding, Dancing Girl Press 2018. Her poetic works appear in numerous journals, and she is a recipient of a number of poetry prizes and awards. She writes outside of Washington, D.C., in Rockville, Rockville, Maryland, which makes her even more outstanding because I live in Washington, D.C., which is near Rockville, Maryland. Welcome, Allison, to the program.
1: Hi. Thank you.
0: All right, all right. Are you ready to begin this poetic journey?
1: I am absolutely all right then, Allison, what is poetry? What is poetry? All right, so for me, poetry um has pretty much always been i guess a a voice a voice that's that I consider to be louder than um than my own voice um and i i even use the term voice very loosely so you know in in literature i say that you know poetry is written in response to things pain beauty suffering love but i've i've also i'm also an athlete so i've i've grown up playing sports so you know you'll hear people people say you know oh that that play on the soccer field that was poetry or you know building a house from start to finish people can view that as poetry um, so I guess I'd say that I believe that where you can find passion and connection, where passion and connection can be found, um, poetry can be found as well. So that that's what I consider poetry, I guess. All
0: right. Tell me more about the passion and connection. I like that. Just give me a little bit more about that in terms of poetry.
1: Sure. Well, I mean... Poetry is passion. Poetry is something very intimate. Poetry is a connection between uh, one person and another person. It can be very singular um, from the poet to, the, to a single reader. It can be very universal. You want it. it I want it. I'll speak for myself. I want my poetry mm-hmm. to, um, to connect to a, a wider audience. You know, first and foremost, I write. I do write for myself um, out of necessity. Um, but I guess as I grew older and older and as I get older, mm-hmm. I, I have wanted to to share more, um, to be able to connect more to uh to more and more people. Um I I guess I sort of am <laughs> coming out of my shell a little bit, people that know me. Uh more more of a hermit writer. Um yes. so I'm I'm stepping out of my comfort zone and speaking with you right now. <laughs>
0: All right, that's okay. We're together. We're together.
1: So why yes. is poetry important to all of us? What makes it? What makes it tick? Why is it important? Oh man, poetry! Poetry is so important. Um, especially you know today, and in 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 light of our COVID years, um, again with the connection between people, um, you know it, it's a disconnect and a connection. I I think that. You know, we share poetry and we read poetry because we're hungry to get lost and and we're hungry to be found. Um, people people like to get lost in words and in in the world that words create and um, but in that in that losing of oneself, you can be found as well. and I like that juxtaposition. Um, you know poetry allows people to emote and to express and question um it's something that is a way to record things in your life feelings events um you know i've i've always recorded things in my life i've kept journals since i Mm -hmm. could write um and again it's just it allows me to to lose myself and and hopefully it does for, for other people that are looking for that and also looking to be found in some way. You know,
0: it's funny. Well, I was going to share that I'm already floored by your way of thinking, you made the statement <sighs> that it's, <laughs> oh, I'm lost now, actually, to lost and to be found. I thought that was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Well, let me ask this question. <laughs> until I'm on a tangent yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. Is poetry <laughs> letting your guard down or building a wall?
1: That's a that's a really interesting question. I and I think that that also for me personally um, has developed with age. I think in the beginning, um, poetry. It wasn't necessarily a wall, but I had a difficult time maybe expressing myself the way I wanted to be expressed. So inadvertently it was a wall. Um, now it's definitely letting my guard down. It, it sort of, for me, signifies this allowance of, of intimacy. Poetry is incredibly intimate. Um, and, you know, in this odd way, I, I I let my guard down because I want readers to believe in me as a, as a poet. Um, for me, if I'm not honest in my poetry, then I'm not honest with myself, and then my, it pretty much means nothing. Um, but, you know, if readers can believe in me as a poet, then maybe they subsequently can believe in me as a person. So it's this odd need for acceptance in a way, or desire um, to be known and to be understood. So, definitely letting letting your guard down, or for me, letting your guard down.
0: You know, <laughs> people who've listened to me over the course of the last five years can <laughs> always tell when I'm flustered when I uh, hear something brand new. <laughs> okay. When it just, All right. when it when it touches me like what you're sharing with me right now. Um wow. I'm, I've I've got goosebumps just listening to you talk already. I really do. Um, Just your openness, your honesty, your sense of self around why you write. I'm fascinated, and I want to know more. Please share a poem.
1: Sure. All right. So I think the the first poem I'm going to share does come from the, the new chapbook, Everything is Normal Here. Um, this, just to preface the, the book, um, really quickly, um, you know, like I mentioned, we've, we've had a very strange and difficult few years. So this yes. textbook was sort of born, yeah, born out of, um, you know, it describes a fraught world. So what seems to be normal sort of breaks down, um, which I think we've, we've definitely seen. Um, mm-hmm. So the images, the images are a little bit more fantastical, um, but also also grounded. So uh, the first, the first, and and that's why it's hard to preface each poem because they're a little strange. So I'll mm-hmm. just I'll just start by saying that. Um, okay, so the the first poem I'm going to read is called Point of Touch. Thunder waits for her cue. She falls asleep watching gnats ingest the air in clouds darker than the coming storm. She dreams your heart spasms on her tongue. teeth smash down through the night loudly enough to wake her. Glazes and gifts of heat lightning, electrical thoughts. She can break the sound barrier, but your love has never come as easily. Rain rips the sky, a flock of swallows. She expands the air. Without skin, she's an expendable source. She stretches scissor-like fingers. Cut-out dolls hold hands of air. You try to string them between tree limbs, lightning ashen. The storm's soundful shadows tire everyone beneath. There's a word for how she'll want to forget you. And you will. That's the a poem. All
0: right. Thank you. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: What inspired the book?
1: So, Chapel? you know, the, the, it was interesting. The book, the book has a lot of older poems in it and that, that, that I, that I sort of repurposed and the poems that are older came from a, a sort of difficult time in my life. So, they had they had a little bit, you know, already of this fraught feeling and when I was thinking about things emotions, like when I when I think I uh, was thinking about sadness, which is an emotional pain. I, I would connect it to a physical pain and then thought, OK, well, um, if we're thinking about sadness or injury, like what do we do if we've injured ourselves? So gauze and band-aids and And then I could build a slightly off-kilter image from from there to describe the feeling, to describe sadness, for example. Um, I I wanted this collection to be a little strange. This is a a pretty big departure from my other poetry. Um, I let myself really imagine, um, and I mentioned more like fantastic sort of imagery and um, like the first poem I read basically Personifies thunder. Um, I don't do that normally. Also, people that know me, I love white space and line breaks, so the structure is very different. Um, it's more prose, prose-like prose poetry, um, so not as much thought to line breaks, etc. So I actually had more fun with this, um, with this chapbook in a way. Um, it wasn't born out of necessity like a lot of my other collections have been. All
0: right. All right. You know, I'm looking at the cover of your book, actually, right now. Yes. Tell me about the title and also the picture on the cover.
1: So, yeah, so this is great. The, I've had this the, – the, the picture comes from a, uh, a block, a, a wooden block, a small wooden block uh, square, and my aunt, uh, my Aunt Linda, brought it back um, from Italy for me she she bought it i think in Turin um a street artist uh who i i tried to find actually um and i've always wanted to use this i i love it i love i love the strangeness of this i actually one of my my favorite things uh are trees and uh the mm-hmm. sky so the moon and the sun um and then you know everything is normal here obviously is uh not true so the 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 poems in in this collection um are normal and they're and they're abnormal so the title just this came pretty easily um and 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 it's it's simple so I kind of wanted it to be that um yeah so it just kind of fell together and then Larry Moore at Broadstone helped me design Mm -hmm. it which was fantastic yeah
0: well, it's a very striking cover. It really is. It makes you think. Yeah. It makes you wonder, who is this person? This, I'm going to say it's the guy. I don't know. But it makes you wonder, what is he thinking? Who is he reaching out for? It, it's, it's, again, it's quite yeah. striking. Now, well, when also you think about... Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's very right. interesting. Like,
1: the, the name or the, the word you see alongside of him, uh, DePazzo, mm-hmm. so... Papasso yes. like, means crazy, crazy in Italian, although this phrase actually doesn't mean that, but for the longest time that was very fitting to me was that it meant it said crazy on it. Oh, wow.
0: I thought that that was the the person who drew the picture, the
1: papasso. Oh, yeah. Right. So I looked that up too, thinking okay, maybe that's his last name. So it was very unable to identify exactly what what that is. But most likely that is his last name, I imagine. All right.
0: Very nice. Very nice. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Hey, it's perfect. Now, when you think about your entire body of work, what are some of the predominant things that you write about? Oh, man.
1: So the first, the first theme definitely would just be relationships, um, connections that I have formed, that I have failed to to form, um, uh, love. I have a lot of nature um, nature related themes for sure, um, which also just goes back to connection, um, connecting with not only people, uh, humans, but also nature. Um, you know, suffering has been a, 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 a big theme for me. They, these are not, these are, these are fairly simple and, and I would say universal themes. And so I like that challenge though, because, um, I mean, as they say, everything's been written, right? So the mm-hmm. challenge is how to write what's been written in a new way. And, and so these, you know, hope, um, these, these themes, tragedy, trauma, um, but they but that's what connects with with people are, I think are, are these universal themes, and they they've, that's held true for me, I think
0: so how does a poem begin for you, Allison, with an idea, a form or an image?
1: Um, all of the above um, you know i one of the things I do is on my phone, I get, um, a word of the day every day. Mm -hmm. So some of the words I'll already know, some of the words I I don't know yet, uh, or I haven't, haven't come across, which are obviously the most interesting. Um, I also get a quote of the day. So I, I try to find different ways to be inspired. Sometimes I'll just sit and I, and I, I will just, just think, and, and that's, Possibly the most interesting because, um, you know, again, with the disconnection and connection, that's sort of where I, I lose myself and find myself at the same time. So, um, so really all, it it, it just depends, to be honest with you. Hmm.
0: Well, please share another poll. Sure. All
1: right. So I'm going to share, I mentioned Sadness and and gauze. So I'll I'll read the poem that has that imagery imagery in it. And it's called The Rescue. You don't notice my trail of gauze, of placelessness. Eventually I find my hands to build my body back. They move my limbs around, wrap me up. If I was forced to cut something away... Keep in mind a sea star star regrows her fifth arm. I'm a means to those small creatures that curl within. They kindle, bloom darkly below my surface. Minutes past the hour, I'm grains of salt set for that sea. At noon, you pick me up from from the therapist. Just me, not the sea star. Open field, open room, open my body away. I only find more of emptiness's imprint in all this space. Often it feels good to look back and miss seeing yourself. A pigeon on the sill pecks at glass to test its own reality. Oh, to find buttony eyes and the fastening language of wings. And that's the second poem. Allison, what is the purpose of that particular piece?
0: Why did you write
1: it? purpose. That's a a funny funny idea is purpose. So, you know, these, these poems, I would say, you asked how poems began. A lot of these poems did begin with a first line and just the first idea and first image. So this one, you don't notice my trail of gauze of placelessness, that, that, that's where um, the idea started and, and the rescue and needing, needing, needing help, I think, um, basically is the purpose of this poem. Um, questioning reality, um, questioning my reality, um, thinking about who else in nature might question reality, so the pigeon um, image um mm-hmm. and 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 looking for a connection so so trying to be saved and 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 find that connection i think was the, the purpose of this poem
0: now when we think about this book everything mm-hmm. is normal here what did you learn about yourself writing it who are you as a consequence of writing this book
1: yeah that that's really funny because you know when i when i sent this book to try to get um, some uh, some blurbs for for the back. Um, mm-hmm. I I thought that I had actually hidden myself in in this in this collection in particular because I thought I was looking at the world outside versus my inner world more than I normally do. Um, but I learned that I I can't hide because um, the uh, the endorsements that i got on the back um cover when when i got them back actually mm-hmm. laughed and also blushed because i couldn't i can't and couldn't trick these other writers into thinking like i mean they they got exactly what i wanted to say that i almost didn't know that i wanted to say these things and they they are they are myself they are my inner world so it was very mm-hmm. very strange, um, for me to, to see other people just respond. Um, so I I learned that I couldn't hide basically. Wow. Well, as I said
0: in the beginning of this poetic journey that you floored me, you're my sister from another mother. Uh, (laughs) Again, unlike the way that you think, I really, really do the way that you're just so honest I really appreciate it more than you know. Here's my question. Um, yes. All great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours, and what makes them great in your eyes?
1: So that, that would be a long list. You know, All right. so – Influ- early influences I, I have to credit I definitely have to credit um so I, I went to a creative arts school from from seventh mm-hmm. grade to, to 12th grade um I was part of the first graduating class at uh, Charleston County School of the Arts in uh, Charleston South Carolina so um mm-hmm. I, I've I've had writing mentors um since seventh grade basically so my my uh teacher at School of the Arts is uh I hope she's listening uh Renee Buffo Miles, and and she exposed me and exposed us to people like uh, James Dickey, Galway Kinnell, um, Stephen Dunn, just these amazing and and, and a lot of Southern writers. Um, but like you know, I mean Galway Kinnell. I mean I have one of his poems taped to my my desk right now. I've got James Dickey's book you know on my desk. Um, people, these are people that I go back to. But then also you know. E.D. Wright, um, Forrest Gander. Also, a lot of philosophy. I have Camus on my desk. Whoever I have on my desk, I think, are, have been great influences. Um, and then, you know, also influence. Uh, Marjorie Wentworth is a former Poet Laureate of South Carolina, has been my mentor um, for over 20 years. And, and, and writers that she's introduced me to as well, and a lot of Southern writers. But then also virginia wolf anybody that writes a lot of stream of consciousness writing um mm-hmm. you know virginia wolf is is definitely one of my favorite uh favorite writers um you know contemporary writers of today nils michaels mm-hmm. um carrie webster alessandra lynch martha collins um they're just phenom. i just they <laughs> too many <laughs> sorry it's mm. no problem
0: I'm smiling because I've recently wrote a poem about Albert Camus. So, again, oh. you're close to my heart. <laughs> you're yeah. close to my heart.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, all
0: right. Now, let's imagine for a moment that mm. a poem is like a cake, all right? What would mm. be some of the most prevalent ingredients that go into the concoction that we call a poem?
1: What would you put in it? Mm. In, oh, what would I put in it? Like, like coconut?
0: Words, emotions—that's what I'm looking in for. <laughs> so,
1: in, in, <laughs> ingredients much. to to a poem. Oh, yes. Um, you know, I, I actually—that's that's a really interesting question. Um, well. Well, words obviously, um, and and I would say you know, challenging oneself to find uh, new words. I don't I don't shy away from a, a thesaurus, um, you know, synonyms for words. I'll be the first to admit I I look for for other words and new words. Um, imagery, you know, I I also mentor now. I've been mentoring for a few years um a senior a senior uh, poet <clears throat> excuse me every year from from the school of the arts where i graduated so it's wow. interesting for me to kind of give back and teach and i recently had um my mentee you know worry about was she getting her her meaning across her her point across through the poem so she sort of tries to to wrap the poem up in a neat bow at the end and i i, I you know i hesitate from saying you know well no don't do that don't do that um if that's a poet's inclination that's perfectly fine um but i i lead with imagery and i think that a mm-hmm. strong poem definitely displays um strong imagery for sure so imagery is a big ingredient uh for me at right. least mm-hmm. Not anything
0: coconut? else? Yeah, it's <laughs> <Coconut is> fine. <laughs> Vanilla. What else what else would you like to put in your cake? In your pool. Yeah, what, what, what else?
1: Is <laughs> imagery and what else? <laughs> imagery. <laughs> yeah, with, with some chocolate in there. Uh um well, you know, definitely line breaks and white space. I I I mm-hmm. I love experimenting with those things. I think that line mm-hmm. breaks do a lot of work. Titles do a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've had and I and I over the years I've forgotten who has said this to me or where I learned this, but that every word and every line should create a world. Wow. Um, and that's that's how I write. I I want each line to. To be a world, so each line has to be able to stand on its own.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Please share with me the titles of five of the poems that you've written.
1: Sure, five of the poems that I've written. So, um, which I actually might read later. I hope. Okay. Um, or we are not sure. We are. We are not tied to our body's weight on Earth. Um, let's see one I might not read Some simple ones would be like uh, Salvation um, I generally uh, Like longer titles So um, as if your body Believes it's burning um, mm-hmm. I also have borrowed some, some lines From other poets So one of, one of my favorites is a super long line <clears throat> That I'm hoping to read called Until that body wakes finds itself mm-hmm. in the place it thought it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely like my titles to, to do work, and, and I like them to sort of set the theme or the, or the tone in a way.
0: Well, the reason that I ask my following question is, what role should a title play for a poem, and what is important to consider when you're titling a poem? That's why I asked
1: those five yeah yeah you know I again when I was younger and I'm thinking even through my seventh through 12th grade years titles were always very very difficult for me and and I know writers who still struggle with with titles um, even even now today years and years later and mentoring has really made me think more about titles because each each young person that I have mentored has had really difficult time with titles. Um, so, what I try one thing I try to to think about even for myself when when you overwrite or and or when you need to cut things you, you I I and, and and I tell this to my mentees can often find a title in in the lines that you don't necessarily quote unquote need. Um, they can sometimes like if you if you cut a a final line that can actually become your your title um you know titles titles make a reader want to read the poem first and foremost right so Mm -hmm. like any title like a a novel title a book title a a Mm -hmm. collection title you you want to be able to draw the reader in so i like my titles to be very interesting um and and less simple and and everything is normal here all the titles i believe are actually one word maybe two maybe two words so that's something that's also very different for me these i kept this collection very simple title wise but my other in my other collections um, the titles are generally longer and and even tell a story in themselves before you read wow very nice let's go back in your life your early life
0: what was an early experience where you learned that poetic language specifically had power?
1: Oh, for me, or for, or, or my interaction with with other people, or for you, for you, I you mean, primarily, I'm... yes, yes, for you. Um, poetic language had power. Well, I mean, I, that's. So that's, that's a lot. That's kind of a heavy question. Poetic uh-huh. language had power. Um, well, can I tell? Can I tell a story that involves me? Yes. Yes. Of course you can. Okay. So, so I mean, I've known that poetic language had power almost again since since I was aware of of poems. Um, okay. Poetry writing and poetry has has always been been part of my life. Um, Mostly to to record things. I have a I have an issue with this fear of forgetting. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I've known for a long time how it does affect other people, and so um, I've 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 volunteered a lot. Um, and and one time in particular, and this was in my early twenties, I I did a workshop with a group of sixth grade girls um, in St. Louis in an inner city school, and and just to be brief. Um, by the end of this workshop, I had typed up for each of them, um, they, they left with a small collection of their own writing. And these, these are girls, you know, that didn't get much attention at all. So, um, you know, in their home lives, at school, they had difficult situations, and they seemed to realize that they had something to say, it, it, you know, being in the situation where I was giving them this platform of of poetry to talk about themselves. So poetic language definitely had power for them, and and I saw that. And they were just so proud at the end of the workshop to be able to hold something of of themselves, of what they've written um, about themselves and how they interact with with their world. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that that was pretty profound for, for me
0: please share a poem
1: all right so i'm actually gonna switch gears just a little bit i'm I'm gonna read a poem from the the collection bargaining with the fall that is forthcoming from broadstone um this this book was was born out of necessity um so uh, my my dad had a, a tragic accident he had a, a fall um and then ultimately a, a year later he passed away. So so this this book is is pretty um you know, pretty pretty heavy um but I, I definitely wrote it out of necessity and um dedicated to him and, and my family. So um this poem is called When You Don't Need Me. If I must be a house, I want to be warm and cavernous. Your final days. If this must be a story I repeat, let me forget when you did what you told me never to do, let go. In the dark morning hours, when we'd wake early in our separate states, the birds were brutal. Robins couldn't see to gather food, so they shrilled instead. Maybe I become like a robin now, part of the dawn chorus. That begins early in my city beneath the street lamps and corporate buildings. Maybe I let wishing cardinals in my chest go free, if that's what they want. I lose them like I lose you, drawn to an artificial light. That's the end of that poem. You know,
0: Allison, there are times when I like hearing poems read twice. So if you don't mind...
1: I'd like to hear Mm -hmm. that one again. Sure. All right. When You Don't Need Me. If I must be a house, I want to be warm and cavernous, your final days. If this must be a story I repeat, let me forget when you did what you told me never to do. In the dark morning hours, when we'd wake early in our separate states, the birds were brutal Robins couldn't see to gather food, so they shrilled instead. Maybe I become like a robin now, part of the dawn chorus that begins early in my city beneath the street lamps and corporate buildings. Maybe I let wishing cardinals in my chest go free, if that's what they want. I lose them like I lose you, drawn to an artificial light.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a difficult you know, one for you to have a choice, there, Michael.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know they say that to see the world with complete honesty, one should look to comedians, musicians, artists, and poets. What do you think hmm. emerges naturally from your work? What emerges from you?
1: Emerges naturally. You know, I, I like to I like to think. Um, honesty and and intimacy um i i think um especially in these last few years um the development of even more a uh, sense of urgency um again people that know me i i already have like three full-length books waiting in the wings um so i definitely have a sense of urgency and you know what emerges, I hope, I hope beauty and I hope hope emerges.
0: All right, very nice. Let's take a brief break and we'll be right back. We are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Allison Palmer. Allison, does it hurt you yes. to write poetry? If not, why not? Oh, poetry
1: hurts. <laughs> right. um, Talk to me. <laughs> yeah, po- um, yeah, poetry hurts. Poetry, you know, but and I think I think that. I think I have this favorite quote that of um, Emily Dickinson's and it's where is it I actually have it here. So, so she says if I feel physically as if the top of my head were taken off, we know mm-hmm. that is poetry. That's mm-hmm. been one of my favorite quotes for a very long time. So, you know, it depends on what I'm writing. Um, obviously the collection about my, my dad was pretty much always very painful to write. Um, that mm-hmm. that hurt. Um, but at, at the same time, again, with giving myself a, a voice and, and giving my, my family a voice and giving my dad a voice. Um, yes. It, it was, it was in the end, a very beautiful thing to have. And, mm-hmm. and it is a very beautiful thing to own. Um, you know, writing about, Boss, writing about love—it it, all—it it all hurts. I think.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, I'm wondering. I'm wondering when we spoke earlier about the concoction called a cake in a form, and I'm wondering whether emotions would have gone into that cake, in addition to imagery and some of the other things. What do you think?
1: Oh, sure, absolutely. That's a big one that I I forgot. Emotion. I mean, yeah. I, I think, and that, that goes along with honesty um, mm-hmm. for me. If, if, if I'm not connected with, with my emotions um, in a poem, you, you know it. I mean, you you can yes. tell when you read a poem mm-hmm. that, that feels empty. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it definitely has to be emotion forward, yeah.
0: Well, you know, it brings up a question. What if a poet does not really show emotions or reveal emotions in their work can they be called a poet?
1: Mm, you know, I think yes, absolutely. Because, you know, every every poet, every writer I think has a role to play. And mm-hmm. um and so, you know, I've questioned myself a lot of times, you know, what po- poets that, that, that speak more to that have more political vent or uh, uh political events or or are more more focused um on which is worldly events versus maybe inner worldly you know um inner worldly thinking and and I've and I've wondered gosh well like how does my poetry that's mostly about myself and my interaction with the world. How does that stand up to someone that that is writing about wars and what's going on mm. politically in our in our world today? And and I I come mm-hmm. I've come to the conclusion that it's it's all important and and we all speak to certain people and we all speak to certain audiences and so so yes I I, I do believe that I I, I don't feel like it. there's it's not emotionless poetry it, it's just a all different right. kind of emotion. Mm-hmm.
0: I understand. I understand. You know, so much is happening in our world. So much. And I ask this question every single time. So much is happening. The good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the indifferent. So what I'd like to know is, what do you view as being the role of a poet in modern-day society?
1: Um you know i don't I don't know that um the role is really different today um mm-hmm. I think that we've you know poets and writers have always wanted to record i think first and foremost um we're we're all kind of historians in in a in a weird way um from the mm-hmm. very beginning and so you know even though i may not be writing about you know what what is going what's going on in the ukraine somehow it's affecting me or people that aren't writing about covid somehow it is affecting it is affecting us so again i think that a poet's role today is, is not singular it's very different every every poet has a, has a different role and plays a different role and and they they are all and whether it's me you know, having my heart broken versus, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody that's writing about, you know, lynchings or, you know, it's, it it all matters.
0: Yes, it does. Please share a poem.
1: Sure. Um, I'm going to read another one from Bargaining with the Fall. Um, And this, this is called As If Your Body Believes It's Burning. Basically, I mean, it's, it's about my dad, I guess, is really all I really have to say about it. So, um, as if your body believes it's burning. The ocean will take care of you, or the first southern snowfall. I don't think about salt in your wounds or quickly melting snow. We play secret skin so neither of us can see. I'm mostly made of bruises. The flames believe in more than gray and ash, flow strong, ignited with gas. Remember how I keep you, human. Not every sad white bone will burn. That's the end of
0: that one. You know, when I listen to you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I hear a world weariness, a longing in your voice. And what I'd like to know is what is the connection between your speaking voice and your written voice?
1: Mm. Well, you would be right, um, in your, your comment. The, the the world weariness, um and my speaking voice and my my writing voice. They they're pretty Pretty synonymous, I, I, you know, but I'm, I'm reading you poetry, you know, the past two poems, um, based out of, out of tragedy. So the weariness yes. is definitely there. So the, the voice and the writ- my voice and the written voice are, are the same. Um, it's sadness. Um, um it's, it's sadness basically. Mhm. All right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to be. I'm not meant to be a downer. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> it's not a diaper. Not, not at sense. all. Not no, I'm thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly enjoying you. I really, really am. Do you think you are meant to be a poet?
1: Yeah, so meant to be. I, you know, I think that that's another one of those phrases that, that, that scares me to say. I think that mm-hmm. um, I always knew that I wanted to write and I've worked very hard to be where I am. Um, I've worked hard to be the poet that I think I am today, and I will continue working very hard to become the poet that I wanna be. So I've always known I wanted to to write poetry, but um, meant to be, I I hesitate to say yes.
0: (laughs) All right, all right, no um, problem, no problem. Yeah. Well, what surprises you most about being a poet?
1: Mm, that I never get bored with words. Um, oh, my, tell me more. yeah my my love for for words actually just gets stronger each day, which I think is is very surprising. And and you know. Um, I, I never get tired of stringing words together or writing about, you know, the moon or, or the heart or, or my father's story or, you know, relationships. Um, it's the challenge. And I think that it's a privilege, um, to be able to, to use words. I think that being a poet is, is, is a privilege, um, so yeah, just just the, the the love of words can keep growing.
0: Yes, you know some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature, Allison. Once it's out yeah. there, there's as much you can do to correct or improve it. While others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on the editing process?
1: Oh man, I I love editing. I'm a, I am a, a <laughs> many key people don't, Many people don't. Many people yeah, I know, I know it and my my dad I know, my dad was one of those people he, he definitely was a uh, you know one and done <laughs> um no, I've always loved the writing process i I grew up with the writing process from seventh grade, learned it, and always you know i am I'm very meticulous about each and every single word that I write. It's very deliberate. Um as much as it mm-hmm. as it is organic in the beginning. It's very organic and then I I I just fine tune it. I, I love editing. I think it's fun.
0: All right. Please share another poll.
1: Sure. I'm gonna read well, the one with the longer title, not the longest title, but um we are not tied to our body's weight on earth. So I lift you. You are breath in my cupped hands. You are less than air. Your flowers miss you. I've become how they can't blossom. This time last year may be laughter. I think how sorrowful is sorrow's life. I think falling is an instant loss. They're always somewhere behind my eyes. How I wish they were blue like yours. I look in the mirror to own a piece of you. My mouth speaks your name and closes. That's the end of that one.
0: Wow. You read it again for me.
1: Sure. We are not tied to our body's weight on earth. So I lift you. You are breath in my cupped hands. You are less than air. Your flowers miss you. I've become how they can't blossom. This time last year, maybe laughter. I think how sorrowful is sorrow's life. I think falling is an instant loss. You're always somewhere behind my eyes. How I wish they were blue like yours. I look mm-hmm. in the mirror to own a piece of you. My mouth speaks your name and closes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> Have you
0: ever written a poem that
1: humbled
0: or frightened you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes.
0: Tell, um, tell me more.
1: Yeah, the you know, and I think mostly in this in this collection, um that has happened um frequently. And I think that and I've said this before to to um select people that I know that one of my poems is is good when I feel my chest tighten at the end. Um, oh, wow. And by the end, I mean when I'm when I'm when I'm closing the poem and and I have the last line, and I, I basically I guess kind of like an anxiety attack. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just numerous times throughout this collection when when it feels like it's not mine. Mm-hmm. And I look back and, and read it, and it's like god i don't that i i don't remember writing it or i i didn't i didn't write that um mm-hmm. that's to me that's 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 very humbling and 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 powerful and i think um doesn't happen often but but this collection was i think is this a singular collection for me so
0: if it feels like it's not yours, who does it belong mm-hmm. to? To the person that you're writing it about is that what you're saying
1: I you know that's you you might have you might have answered that question because I don't know whether I've thought about it that that deeply is is if it's not mine who does it belong to that's a really good question um yeah I would say that in in this particular instance it's it's not my my voice necessarily it's it's someone else's it's it could be the you know, the universes, it's my dad's voice, It's my family's mm. voice. Um, but yeah, it doesn't necessarily belong to me, um anymore. All right. All right.
0: All right. If you can, please tell me about a poem you were proud of writing, but afraid to share for fear of misinterpretation, if you can.
1: Oh, I'm afraid of misinterpretation. <laughs> a lot. Um <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. That's a hard question. Mm-hmm. What makes it hard? Like, well, I mean, I I feel like every poem that I write is sort of has there's a fear of misinterpretation, and and not because it's written poorly. Just you know, once mm-hmm. once you give the poem over to a reader, it, I I like to think it becomes theirs. So there's really. Okay. A small a small bit of, you know, it's not only like misinterpretation, but, you know, per se. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. i like for the reader to you be able stop. to... You own. can stop there. You can stop there. Oh, I like yeah. that. <laughs> Once yeah. you turn it over. You're right.
0: There is the possibility of there being misinterpretation. You're right. I've never heard yeah. that before. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, now we've come actually to my favorite part of the program, I viewed as being a mini M-I-N-I poetry concert. This is your opportunity to share three poems, three or four poems, back to back without any interruption from me. No questions, nothing like that. It's your time to take the stage and share three or four poems. Would you do that for me?
1: Absolutely, yes. All right. Um, I'm going to read Portrait, and this does come from the chapbook. Um, Everything is normal here. We're designed to break after only years. Architects mistake the heart for strength, the mind for clarity. Inside a glass box, darkness lifts as light fire cracks apart moments. Clouds and sparks, safe in your hands, almost with tenderness. A thin river spreads too. The box becomes heavier. What the river's for, I've no answer. If you swallow enough water, you'll regain your gills. I'm telling you not to panic. I'm telling you things change. If down has a shape, what will it be? I constantly wait for something to give way. Don't worry, you're catalogued and well chronicled. And then I'm going to read another poem from the chapbook called Ricochet. We know that beneath the meadow is another meadow. Leave these moments tipped forward in our sleep where we're better. We lean in with as much want. Here, no one can prove us wrong. I let in a little light. Speak to me softly. After that, the bodies collapse, limbs of forgotten gold. Minute inside a second it takes to load a gun, my forehead gone golden from minus time. Raven-lipped, dark, you sound the siren. Each ship made of lanterns brought to shore draws lines and silver edges that tell us where it's safe to sleep. It's not enough to be awake when the world winds away. We try to be resown of nothing left, lovely in our suits of armor. Only the last will be exquisite, will be resought into alkaline or ash. And then if I could, I think this will be my, my final poem. Is that, is that okay? okay?:
0: Yes, it's perfect. Yes.
1: Okay, Um, this is the one with that long title that I mentioned earlier, and um, this is perhaps uh, like you asked me, Michael, about a poem that didn't feel like mine um, by the end, so that's why I kind of want to close with this one, and it is um, from from Bargaining with the Fall, and it's called Until That Body Wakes Finds Itself in the Place It Thought It Was Meant to Be. I found myself in a hall of mirrors even night couldn't control. All I wanted was a darkness to cancel out the visions of you upon you. So in the glass corner, I hummed into a hollow that sounded like breathlessness. I met you there, your injury an instrument no one could play anymore. This, you said, meant that you could rest now but I wanted that place to burn. I lit a match that appeared in my palm as if its reflection would warn us away. Where I wanted to go didn't matter. You wouldn't take my hand. I fled alone, trailing flames. And when I looked back, there was a child. If the child was you, I couldn't tell. My eyes burned from his light. I didn't see you take his hand. But I imagined it was mine, and so I went. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. What,
0: <laughs> what piece of advice would you give readers of your poetry chapbook? Everything is normal here. What advice would you share with them before they start reading?
1: Oh, let go of everything and just enjoy, just enjoy reading it. Um, just let go to, to enjoy the imagery with, with this, with the chapbook for sure. So.
0: All right. What about bargaining with the fall? Any advice?
1: Oh, prepare for, for, for,
0: for a ride.
1: <laughs> there, there's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, definitely a, a mixture of, of, of sadness and hope, and I, I liked it to end with hope, and it, and it does. So, um, you know, for for people that are are um, grieving and looking for connection, um, but but even even not not grieving, you know, everybody's grieving in a way, just even from these past few years during COVID. So, there, there's a lot to be nice. taken from from that, from that book.
0: All right, here's my last official question. Writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons. Some write primarily to speak a message to their audience. Others write because to stay silent is not an option. Allison, why do you write?
1: It's necessary. I I, I can't stay silent, can't stop it. (laughs) We're speaking of that.
0: (laughs) Would you favor us, if you can, with one final piece before we go? I'd really like that. Like to hear your voice one more time. Sure.
1: Let me see if I can let me find one that's not so that's not so uh we'll end on some hope. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, I'm gonna read the, the last poem actually from the chat book. But I'm only gonna read it's in four four short sections, but I'm gonna read just the first Uh, first two sections um, because I like the way it ends there. I think it ends a little more hopeful. This is called The End. In the sinews of our fantasies waving parts of what we're leaving behind. The way to master death is to make it be everywhere. Late light climbs the limbs again and geese barely see where they're forced to circle back. If I stand here, brightness outlines what could be my arms. Above, green leaves stray in half shade. I shouldn't be able to gather them, unfixed, penetrable. Pretend I talk in tiny truths. The geese left behind no longer lifts us. I should know the signs. Lost sidles up to convince us. This yard was always here, and it was. Allison. That one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Where can listeners find your work?
1: I have a website. That's my name, alisonpalmer.org, um 1-L-A-L-I, which is mm-hmm. sometimes strange. Um, <laughs> I have poems available on there that, that have been published online. Um, so that's probably the best place to find them. Also, the um, Broadstone Books website is where you can uh, purchase Everything As Normal here, the chat book, and then eventually the full link.
0: All right. Very nice. How can listeners stay in touch with you? I guess through your website, probably.
1: Yeah, through my website. I have, uh, you can contact me through there as well, so you can also send me an email.
0: All right. What's next for you, Allison? Where do you go from here?
1: Oh, keep writing, Michael. <laughs> Where do I go? Mm,
0: keep writing tomorrow i'll be mm-hmm. I'll
1: be up writing absolutely <laughs>
0: you know there's one question I got to ask. Here we go. Have your favorite mm-hmm. poems arrived, or are they still on their way that you've written
1: Oh They'll they'll always be I guess they'll always be more favorites as long as I can write, right? I mean <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh well, I hope so. I <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Well, we've reached the end of our poetic journey, Alison Palmer. And I wanna thank you so much for spending time with me. I learned so much.
1: Thank you. I, I Oh, learning did. new
0: things. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really yeah. do. You are a poetic yeah. star and um I hope our paths cross in a real way, face to face. I really like that. I, I really yeah, like I that. It. Yes, thank you. Yes. Well, again, I want to thank you for joining me tonight. It was an excellent program. The books are out there on Broadstone. Alison Palmer, she's the star of the hour. I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in as you do every week, and as I share every week. Let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, everyone. Good night, Allison. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.